this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering five conversations from Season 3, Episode 23, our discussion on the role patient advocates play in supporting all the various stakeholders in the Nash and NAFLD communities. Like a lot of what happens on this podcast, this conversation starts with a question that doesn't exactly get totally answered. My question to both Achim and Andrew was, can you mention a recent successful accomplishment you've had so that listeners who do not understand exactly what patient advocacy is can get a feel for what you do and what your successes are? Achim discussed the success that he had working in Germany, which led Jorn Schottenberg to invite Louise Campbell to comment on the breadth of audience. Louise talked about the idea that as a total community, we advocate not only for the clearly sick, but for the not yet sick. I asked Andrew Scott how to incorporate that into his thinking, and as he explained, and then Achim elaborated, it's a delicate balance. You need to work on short-term things with clear patient targets and financial goals, but you can't forget the larger issues of the community either. Listen how they strike their balances. As you will hear, patient advocates have a different point of view, but they are truly interesting people who play a critical role in the fatty liver ecosphere. So sit back, listen, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group. Andrew, you kind of teed up one of the questions that I've got on my list for both of you, which is keeping in mind about 40%, 45% of this audience are folks working in pharmaceutical companies and another 20 or 25 are working in diagnostic companies or advising them regularly. So these are folks who are the, benef- who are the beneficiaries of your efforts, although they are not necessarily the folks you work with directly. Can, can each of you uh, tell a story about something you've done recently that you think has been a success so that they can get a flavor for what it is specifically? you know, what's a win for you guys, for each of you guys? And then I'll have a couple more questions as we go along, but start there. Yeah. Okay. Well, just a tiny, small thing. So, so this is something you and we are organizing currently together. So we bring the patient groups of the field of diabetes, of adiposity, obesity, and other disciplines together to align the voice of those who are affected or in contact with at-risk patients or with patients itself. I think that is a small story, but that potentially you one principal thing with the industry. I think so we all play a part. And so I'm now working for more than two decades and I have seen so many people from industry coming in, jumping out and because of pipeline, etc. What is absolutely important really is that you need to be open for any communication. And what I do, and I think that is something that should everyone do, is to have regular calls with all players in the field, not only the other patient organizations not only the scientific organizations, but also with the industry, but also to encourage the industry not to think in silo. What I like then really is to come together and also to define together with the patients, with the scientific communities, with influencers, with others, one big work stream. And then in the end, everyone can be divided up with his professional way, but to define the same goal. I think that is the most important thing. And I think those companies who try to work in isolation uh, will not succeed. This is very interesting. And, and I think maybe, uh, Achim, I'm seeing you as the silo breaker here now. Because again, as a clinician, I do get sent the patient for suspected liver disease, not for being obese, not for being diabetic, not for being at risk of liver disease, but for the tests are abnormal, you go figure it out. And I rarely talk to the obesity physicians. By now, we talk more with the diabetes patients or physicians. But uh, again, I, this is pretty siloed. And I know Louise has uh, something to say to that because we discussed this 
silos in, in healthcare. And really looping them together through the patient advocacy is, is something that has been, from my perspective, uh, a very um, successful way to moving the field forward. So, Louise, uh, given that you just got your lead in from Jorn, Go ahead, comment, question, whatever you'd like to bring right now, and then we'll go back to Andrew in a couple of minutes for his success story. I've just been enjoying listening to the great work these guys do. And I think Sean's right. Obviously, I've spent 35 years plus in healthcare, all of most of that in liver disease or psychiatry. And for me, it's and the reason I now talk about liver wellness and do towers on health is to prevent people becoming patients. I would like to see one day that advocacy is redundant because for to be in advocacy we means we have an illness that we need to address that was never addressed up front and recognised as a future problem. And what we do have here is one of the biggest current past and future problems all rolled into one little ball called the liver. When I was listening to Akim earlier on, it, it was like, it's invisible and we need the magician to come out and bring it out to the fore. But this is the greatest showman because if we can get everybody to acknowledge the role that liver plays within their diseases, we really will have the greatest show and we'll have solved or started to resolve those problems. But I still see a lot of people who are never going to be told they're a patient but have poor liver health. And this is the underlying iceberg because advocacy is about the ones who have been discovered as patients. The majority of people have poor liver health, they're not necessarily ever going to get that opportunity. And being in healthcare with Jean and that, we only ever see, as he's referred to, the ones who have sick livers or the ones who get the 1% of the 1% who had the bad test that somebody picked up. I saw somebody last week, full-blown cirrhosis, normal liver function, not uncommon as we all know, but it is that marrying of everything together. People have also alluded to the fact that politicians are only interested in their term. They want immediate response responses and results. The liver is something that is so slow to change, to to develop disease, but yet it can be very quick to start to recover. So I think there are mass opportunities for the advocacy programs doing the work that they're doing to see those changes very quickly. I can monitor people's liver health improvements in weeks, not months, not years, but weeks particularly with fatty liver, particularly with weight management, weight loss, obesity management, quality of diet. We can now use all of these tools. If I could do a 15-second fiber scan and a lift in four, it going up four floors, I would be absolutely nailing it. <laughs> we, we've heard your offer to go to go um, fiber scan the House of Commons before. I'll do Brussels. You tell me. Ursula von der Leyen, Easel, Lancet Commission. Second leading loss of work lives in Europe. It's, it's, it's a big problem. I'm happy. I'll fiber scan anyway. <laughs> Andrew, the point Louise makes, right, is that you're not only advocating for the known sick, but also the unknown sick or, or those on the path to being a lot sicker. Um, my sense of GLI has always been that that's in focus for you folks. But I'd like you to talk about how you make that work. Yeah. So, I mean, I will say it's a delicate balance and an ongoing challenge. You know, I think to Louise's points, you know, outside of thinking of who is not sick and is going to be sick, you also need to think of the, the burden on patients anyways to be added. So you have to find a way to lower the barrier of entry to make it easily accessible so that those that we don't need the, the healthiest and the most able and the most resource you know, heavy of advocates, we can have ways for as many diverse people as possible to participate. So that is a challenge just from those 
with a liver condition already. But then when you think about how to paint the picture and think of those that are incoming, it is a challenge because you don't necessarily want to overwhelm politicians either. And it's about painting a complete accurate picture of the problem while also making it attainable. To Ahim's point, the low-hanging fruit is a critical piece of thinking of, okay, here's something we could do today. It is going to be a huge problem. We know that NASH will be the leading reason for liver transplantation by 2030. But hitting too many of those far out points could scare off legislators. It's it's that delicate balance in how we can do that. And I will say one of our, our programs, our Advanced Advocacy Academy, tries to kind of balance this by lowering the barrier of entry for patient advocates, but then also giving them the tools so that they can go educate others outside of just policymakers and prepare them as well to start thinking of how can I talk to the general public? How can I talk to my family and more about what they're experiencing? So it's definitely an ongoing challenge. But I did want to mention one other thing too, because I think, you know, we were talking about this just a moment ago, that painting that picture of liver health across the continuum. And that is so great to hear, you know, I mentioned and others as well. It's something that we're we're very much interested in also. And we just recently, I think this leads into my answer for the question as well. Just a few weeks ago, we launched our liver health is public health initiative. And that is something that while not NASH specific, the idea is, can we talk about liver health across a continuum. We know the main challenges, stigma, lack of awareness are felt throughout all liver conditions, but can we break down those silos, whether we're talking about medical specialties or talking about other stakeholders outside of their of the clinical side of things? We're talking about policymakers, we're talking about payers, we're talking about industry. How can we bring everyone together to think of liver health across a continuum? And that's, you know, we're very excited to launch that initiative and partner with many. And we're looking to always partner with more to really ensure that we we paint that complete picture. But I just want to mention it's, it's exciting to hear that we're always talking about that because that is always going to be an ongoing challenge of how can we really think of health consistently outside of the pure silos. Can I jump in here and to challenge one point? Um, I know I don't make friends now but when we talk about Nuffield Nash I would state currently we do not have a community we have community representatives but not a proper community and I think that is something Luis I like to come back to what you do but also you and to your thing I think one of the things I have learned over years doing advocacy on different levels national European global level and I guess we were very successful with the issues we need to create patient community my question to you Luis You have a patient and you have successful, good intervention. So how do you use this guy to advertise to the next person, to the next patient, hey, there is a simple solution for you. So because you're coming from a country of peer-to-peer experience, and I think that is working a lot of good examples in your country, but this has not been used in Merfeld Nash currently. The same here in Germany. So how we, the physician currently connect one patient to the next patient telling success stories that is not done currently. And I think what we need to build up, Andrew, and I guess you agree, is really a Nash community. And for me, it's a Nash community, those who are affected 
affected with NASH, but we need to consider that 70% of our NASH population have comorbidities. So means the NASH community is a mixture of liver community, diabetes community, adipositas, obesity community. And that is something new. We need to learn. And I think now we can change a little bit the landscape towards that we have a patient voice for advocacy by creating a complete new community, a kind of interdisciplinary community. And I guess especially the role of you physicians to bring good best of practice examples together and have a peer-to-peer advertising project rolling out, you can create community. And the other thing I also like to challenge here is what is about the GPs? So because if we go to the discussion liver healthy life and early primary prevention, so then we need to have the GPs. I'm very thankful that because we have now the patient guideline, I was invited now in June to the European GP conference to talk about NASH. And I think that has a big reach now to the GP community in Europe. But I think that is challenging a lot parts of the world. I don't know in the rural house situation. Yes, bring in these two challenges that we have to do a lot of work. And now, back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. I am off to Barcelona for the Innovations in Natural Care 2022 conference. We'll be back next week with a wrap-up episode on this exciting inaugural conference. If you're listening Wednesday night, Thursday, or in Europe, India, and the Middle East Friday morning, you can still register for the virtual link to the Innovations Conference. That link appears on the Surfing Nash website. Until then, stay safe. Surf on. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now.